The holiday season is approaching. Don't waste time. Get your to-do list checked off right now. That's what Ohio State gets to do for the next two weeks. Welcome to the podcast daily for Wednesday. That's Bill Landis. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. He's, hey, wait, I'm not Jeremy Birmingham. He's Jeremy Birmingham. And I'm Austin Ward. And Ohio State has two weeks to get ready for the big one. And at the risk of fast-forwarding past Michigan State and Minnesota. We're going to fast-forward to Michigan State and Minnesota. <laughs> we're going to fast-forward right through it. With the t- things that we all believe Ohio State has to get addressed in time for the last week of the regular season. Does that work for you guys? I like it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm Berm, and that's the way that this works. What do you got? That Berm guy is a <laughs> constantly just making up rules as he goes. Uh, it's not even Freaky Friday, and yet here we are, Jennifer garnering ourselves. Um, let's see. Is there another body switching we could have done? I want to be Lindsay Lohan. Uh, there you go. It's kind of weird. No, um, think about it. I know, but I'm just going to clip this video and I'm going to have it. Just, that, just yeah. you saying, I want to be Lindsay Lohan and I'm going <laughs> to spread that far and wide. And it's going to be. I'm not worried really about tr- it. Really tremendous. I'm going to embrace it. I said um, it. I stand on it. Okay. So for me, the most important thing that has to happen is that Emeka Abuka has to be the old Emeka. Be mine. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'm Austin Ward, and I take people's <laughs> thoughts. Um, you have to get the real Emeka Buka back, and he was not himself on Saturday, even though he went out there and played against Rutgers. I think he was just sort of trying to get his feet back under him. Uh, you have two weeks to get him healthy, because if Michigan can go into that game keying entirely on Marvin Harrison Jr., that's bad for Ohio State, because Will Johnson is good enough to maybe guard him by himself some of the time. So uh, you're going to need... A, a number of options for Kyle McCord, and it's not just Emeka. It's it's Kate Silver being healthy. Mm-hmm. It's Julian Fleming being back to the guy that can catch the ball. Uh, these are things you have to have. You have to develop this passing game over the next two weeks. So, like, I think that there's a percentage of fans who think you just run through Michigan State and Minnesota. I think you need to use these two weeks to get cleaned up in the passing game, uh, and I want to see them being more aggressive on that side of the ball over these next two weeks than they have been in the last two. I think one of the best ways that they can do that is by figuring some things back out with the offensive line and the pass protection. I know that Bill can talk about this more eloquently, and I will let him do that. But it it feels like there was so much uh, coaching emphasis on improving the run blocking and the schemes and finding what worked there that the the sacrifice, the trade that you have to make, and that's that's an old coaching adage and cliche, like, you're going to get what you emphasize. It, it, I feel like it stopped being as much about pass protection because Ryan Day wanted the balance, because they wanted to find ways to convert more in short yardage, because Travion Henderson was coming back and they wanted to get him in space, all those things. And like you can see that growth and that progress from Ohio State offensively there, but the trade-off has been some pass protection reps that don't look very good and put mm-hmm. Kyle McCord in situations where he either has to get the ball out quickly or – he has to rush, uh, you know, a throw or a decision or, you know, you don't have an opportunity to let maybe Marvin Harrison work a route longer down the field. Like, that's why all these things when you're evaluating one player or, or the quarterback specifically, the full context, I think, is important. And the pass protection, we always talk about it and then it becomes dismissed immediately and based on every throw that's made uh, and not what may be making it more or less difficult for that quarterback. So I think it's got to be better by the last week of the regular season and they've got two weeks I think maybe to now that they've maybe got a handle on the run game all right let's go back and figure out what's got to be done to, to pick up these blitzes or things that they might be missing yeah I, I don't I think their pass protection has been 
okay for, for most of the year. It does feel like there's been a little bit of slippage, though, the last couple of weeks, and I think it is what you're saying, maybe, maybe a hyper-focus on the run game, which has yielded results. So I don't, I don't know, maybe maybe you can't complain too much about that, but you got to be able to do both. Um, I asked Ryan Day on Tuesday about you know being able to see where blitzes and stuff are coming from because I think that's what they've struggled with the most, I believe, in pass protection. I, I don't know that I feel like I see a ton of four down one-on-one blocks guys just getting beat like they happen they happen against every offensive lineman or most most offensive linemen but i don't think they're happening at an alarmingly high rate with this group i think it's more of overloading one side trying to figure out who to block who's going to come who's not um where the running back has to go that's part of it too so i think they need to get that stuff uh figured out i also think for as much as we've talked about the tackles and i think that position deserved a, a lot of uh dialogue mm-hmm. this year Carson Hinsman has struggled in pass protection. Uh, I think if I if I were to like pinpoint one guy up front that I would like to see take a step forward, it'd be him. He allowed four hurries against Rutgers. Um, I think he's allowed the most pressures of any of their offensive linemen this year. He's a young guy. He's a redshirt freshman. He's not played a ton. I, I don't know that any of that is surprising, but um, especially when you're looking toward Ann Arbor and you think about Mason Graham and Chris Jenkins and Kenneth Grant, like they have three very very good defensive tackles. And I think the guards for Ohio State have played pretty well and have, are, are building up towards something. I'd like to see the center position do the same thing because I'm, I'm a little nervous about that spot. All right. You want to go again? Yeah. Um, I wrote about this on, on Rivals on Tuesday. I would like to see them dial up some more play-action passing or, or get that um, maybe to be a little more efficient and more explosive. If you look at how much they've done that the last four years, like starting with Justin Fields, Kyle McCord in terms of percentage of – Dropbacks or play action passes is, is lagging a little bit behind, um, pretty far behind in some instances. Like I think CJ was like 37% his first year. Justin was up into the thirties too. Kyle's like just, just below 30%. So I'm not, they don't need to ratchet it up big time, but I think they can do it more. I was surprised they didn't do a ton of it against Wisconsin, given how well they ran the ball in that game. I thought they could have done it more last week against Rutgers. Their touchdown pass to G Scott did come off a of play action and they tried it a few more times and it just, it just didn't work. And, I'm partly wondering if that can help protect the offensive line, help make Kyle McCord a little more comfortable if they can get him outside of the pocket and make some throws that way. And then maybe that can also lead to some more of the explosive passing plays that the firm is looking for. And I agree with them. I think they need more of that. So um, whatever they need to do with that to, to get it um, going a little more, I think the next two weeks will be beneficial. I'm in this weird like middle ground here because I want Tyreek Williams to play less over the next couple of weeks, <laughs> but I want Michael Hall to be more like Michael Hall that we saw a mm-hmm. year ago. He's played fine. I'm not trying to suggest that he's not been playing good football, but he's not been the explosive game wrecker that we saw. And I think that you have an opportunity over the next two weeks with uh, Michael Hall getting himself going again, but to bring along guys like Caden McDonald and Hero Canoe, who's starting to see an uptick in his playing time. Um, I think when you go into Ann Arbor, you're going to need to have those bigs 100%. And you're going to need to have them feeling some confidence. And, and I think that that's actually a game where a guy like Hero Canoe is going to be maybe more important than we would have thought um, heading into this part of the season because there's just not a lot of guys on this Ohio State roster that have the body that he does and the size that he does. So uh, the defensive tackles have played great, especially Tyler Williams. But I'd like to see Tyler Williams get a couple weeks of, of load management here and find someone else to really step up. I, I love the way Ty Hamilton's been playing. Obviously, the the run game has been his specialty since he started playing for Ohio State. But these next couple of weeks, you have a chance with Caden McDonald, who we've talked about in the middle part of October, 
and now Hero, who's starting to emerge, I, I think those guys get an opportunity to, to take a step forward over these next two weeks, and I think they have to. I think the Mike Hall situation is pretty fascinating. He, he was available uh, to the media last Wednesday night after practice, and nobody suggested it in this form to him. This was not the way the question was phrased. And he said, yeah, I've been in a little bit of a slump. I've been trying to get in there with Coach Jay. It was not some of the injury conversation that we had a year ago with him and, and wanting to play more snaps and not getting enough and, and not understanding, you know, why he couldn't play more through the shoulder injury and everything else that he was dealing with or the, or the knee or both or all of it. Um, he was like, well, I've been jumping out of some gaps and doing some things. And Jim Knowles alluded to that on Tuesday uh, in his press conference. Like that has happened at times for Ohio State against the rush. And I think when you picture Mike Hall at its best, it's like him getting a one-on-one pass rush situation against a guard and like destroying somebody with speed and great hands. And, and I mean, he did that a couple times against Rutgers too. Early mm-hmm. in the game, he absolutely obliterated the guard that he was up against. Yeah, and like that's the the best example of how he can change games. And I think that when you look at why does he not play the exact same amount of snaps as Tyreek Williams, and why does Ty Hamilton remain such a key part of the plan for Ohio State? I, I think that. That has to be it. I mean, Mike, Mike Hall is volunteering this information that he's not playing in gaps, that he feels like, like he's in a slump, and he's trying to figure that out. It's not not pointing the finger anywhere else. He was taking the ownership for that. And, again, when you talk about winning in the last week of the regular season, like Ohio State almost certainly on the road in that environment, and who knows how many leftover signals are still going to be laying around on the <laughs> sideline. Those guys have to be at full capacity and full potential. And Mike Hall has, I think, the highest ceiling of those guys on the interior with no knock to Tyler Williams intended whatsoever. I think he's just the one that creates the most problems. Agreed. That's why I brought him up. <laughs> this Austin Ward guy is super smart. I love that guy. He's, he's the best. Um, let's see. What else can they do? Oh, yeah, they can fix the special teams. <laughs> the end. That's all I have to say about it. Um, I don't, Fair enough. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's just silly to me. I don't want to talk about it, so I'm not going to. I'm, but, but if we're going to do a to-do list, it has to be on it. Yeah, that might be pretty close to the top. Yeah, I think, fix I think special right. teams. Yeah. Just, just do it. Do just something fix right. it. Do something right there. Can yeah. you Can you do it? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do. That'll do. Um, that'll help right there. I, I do think, and it, it does go back like, to what Berm said right off the top managing some of these injuries, but also even if a guy is not, you guys both advocate for this more often than than maybe I do with, well, just throw CJ Hicks out there for a drive. You know, uh, (laughs) Michigan State on Saturday might be an opportunity for that with Tommy uh, dealing with the the forearm and and elbow injury. You know, you know what Cody Simon and Steel Chambers can do if you can get out there and and not even just CJ Hicks, maybe Gabe Powers who's playing on special teams like and and doesn't even have to just be linebacker. It can be other spots on the field. We saw. I don't Kyle. want Gabe. Hick, I don't want CJ Hicks or Gabe Powers playing a different position than linebacker. Okay. Th- thank you for. What about punter? What if they can help at punting? Can they? I mean, I guess we'll find out. I don't know. Stay tuned. I meant other positions, oh. <laughs> like Kai Stokes, who played oh, okay. at Rutgers, and that was more of an injury situation, but. It, Everybody likes to see the next wave and build for the future. You guys are always, you know, pressing for that and how important that is for the future. And, and Berm, you, you tie that into NIL and, like, transfer portal stuff. Like, you know, you guys 
probably have a pretty good point about that, especially in a situation where you are a four touchdown favorite on Saturday night against a, a terrible Michigan State program with no head coach. Uh, maybe maybe tinker a little bit. Maybe Brandon Ennis. Maybe uh, Noah Rogers. I, I, whoever. Tinker. Just tinker a little bit. Just tinker. And, yeah. and if things get weird. What was that movie? Tinker's Soldiers Tink, Spy uh, something? Yeah, Tinker Taylor's Soldier Spy. I uh, think is what it was. Yeah. Must have been a great one. Yeah. Gary Oldman. Counter Science favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. All right. Uh, so for once, I am saying, hey, let's see some young guys. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I agree with you. Um, I would like to, I, there was a period starting with the Maryland game, like Maryland, Penn State, Purdue, where I thought the pass rush like really took a step forward. And I'm not saying it took a step back since then. I think maybe it's plateaued a little bit. Um, I would like to see them ramp that back up these next two weeks. Um, I know like JT's a little banged up, but he got hurt in the Wisconsin game. Maybe he's, he's dealing with something there. He's still, he still played fine. He's still very good against the run, but he was a dominant sort of pass rush guy too for a couple of weeks stretch there. Um, I think he had like 16 pressures or something like that over the course of those three games. Um, so, but it's not just him, right? Can it be Jack? Can it be the interior guys you talked about? Kenyatta Jackson, Caden Curry, like all of them. I want, I want to see them get after the quarterback a little bit only because like I, and I guess I'll retract this if it doesn't happen this week when Michigan plays Penn State. I, I kind of think Michigan's tackles maybe can be got with, with some pressures. I thought Purdue's defensive line actually played a pretty good game against Michigan's offensive line this past weekend. And I am on alert for that being potentially an edge for Penn State when they play Michigan this week. Um, maybe I'll be wrong. And if I'm wrong, we can, we can reassess. But I, I think that might be an area where Ohio State could have an advantage when it goes to get play against Michigan. But, um, I would like to see a, a build toward that starting this week against Michigan State. And Blake Corum had 15 carries for 44 yards against yeah. Purdue. Uh, they did a really nice job up front. They just couldn't cover anyone in the back half, yeah. um, which has been their problem all year. Um, but I, I think when you're talking about the pass rush, as sort of a combination of points here, uh, the the Ohio State defensive ends, Jack Sawyer and JT Tumaloa, played pretty well all year. We've started to see more and more of Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson. These are the next two weeks where you can get these guys an opportunity to, to go out there. And it's not just about this year. It's not even just about getting JT and Jack 100% for Michigan. It's about knowing that there's a very good chance both JT and Jack will not be on this roster next year. So mm -hmm. you need to figure out what these other guys can do against Big Ten opponents. And I know Michigan State and Minnesota maybe aren't the creme de la creme, but they are good enough for for Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson, Omari Yabor, Mitchell Melton, Mitchell Melton is, to yeah. get out there. Yeah and play some football. Um, Mitchell Melton has made an impact nearly every time he's been on the field. We've talked about Caden Curry all year. I thought Kenyatta Jackson's played very well the last couple of weeks when he's had a chance mm -hmm. to get in there. And I think it's time to see what Omari Abor and Kenyatta Jackson and these guys can do. So to me, that's, uh, you know, we have taken the foot off of the gas of the Larry Johnson rotation pedal this year because he's done a great job, I think, adjusting uh, after what was a confusing year mm -hmm. um, in 2022. Now it's time to to get Jack and, and JT a chance to rest. Both those guys are banged up. It's again, it's November. Everyone's hurt, but who's not hurt is Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson and right. Omari Abor and Mitchell Melton. So play those guys. This is going to sound like I'm trying to make a joke, and I I promise you I'm not. You have two and a half weeks to get ready for that game, and everyone says, well, "Why don't you just change up your signals? Like they won't be able to steal them if you change them." It's, that's very difficult to do for college football when you're talking about the the number of people that are involved in it, the number of plays that are involved, the way that it has to be signaled in. So 
I don't know how they'll do it, but I think Ohio State is going to spend time in the next two weeks figuring out if it's wristbands, if it's going to the sideline, if it's huddling, if it's going fast like like Justin Fields uh, against Brent Venables in the Sugar Bowl. I think that at this point, the hard challenges, the road trips, the Penn State, Notre Dame, all that stuff is in the rearview mirror. Even though you're not taking Michigan State and Minnesota necessarily for granted as a coaching staff, you simply have to be prepared that there may still be remnants that could concern you about mm-hmm. play calling offensively and defensively. I think some element of time on the practice field has to be devoted to that. You know why I'm going to, before you give your point, I think it's actually a bigger concern than people would think because the coaches that are most likely have been working in tandem with Connor Stallions, the, the coordinators, are still almost certainly going to be on the sideline that day, even if Jim Harbaugh is not. And I think that that is where the Big Ten's potential punishment, which we're seeing sort of floated around that, you know, maybe the the suspension will be handed out on Wednesday of, of a season long thing that Michigan will certainly try to fight. But like, I don't think that it's being mentioned that uh, the coordinators are being included in that. And if they're not, those are the guys who are almost certainly more linked to Connor Stallions directly. So just a two cents. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you're both right. Um the X factor is that it's on the road, right? And communications. Michigan Stadium is not an overly loud stadium, but you know they'll be making noise when Ohio State's yeah, on offense. Pretty loud in twenty twenty one. Yeah, they can they they can turn it up and like I don't know, huddling could be more difficult. Um, just getting that communicated in a huddle, um, however you want to do it. I, I I don't know. And tempo I think is affected sometimes by by crowd noise as well. So I'm interested to see how they play it. I do think they'll make some kind of adjustment. Maybe it's all of the above. There there have been games where they've really mixed it up, I think, to kind of keep people off of ba- off balance. I thought they did that well against Clemson mm-hmm. um, in, in, in the Sugar Bowl. So, yeah, I, th- I think they will probably change something and, and should. All right. Well, there's there's that time to get that done for two days after Thanksgiving. Get all your holiday shopping yeah. done as well. No time to start. No time like the present. Uh, and thank you for uh, joining us on the podcast daily for Wednesday. Uh, the three of us are Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, and Austin Ward in some form or fashion. I don't figure that I out. don't remember which. Uh, <laughs> my brain is fading me, but I'm going to try to get it back uh, later on. Thanks for joining us. I'll talk to you later.